and I'm asking thought leaders, entrepreneurs and executive coaches around the world simple questions about the leadership gap we are facing in the 21st century. Maybe some of my respective guests' answers can help you in finding new ways of thinking, problem-solving, work-life balance and having higher resolution of mind. I will talk with Stephen Gans about the future of humanity, or better to say, reinventing humanity, if I understood well, Steve. Well, that's the topic. Okay, thank you, Steve, for clarifying our today's topic. To start with, uh, can you introduce yourself uh, to our respective listeners? I started life out as a, uh, a philosopher. Uh, it, it was a calling. I had always asked uh, challenging questions, and I realized I could get paid for doing that. And uh, so I became an academic philosopher and then a worldly philosopher. I decided to practice philosophy first as a psychotherapist and then as a business uh, man, uh, starting a a school for psychologists in humanistic psychology. And then I started uh, an Institute for Management Studies in London, where I lived. And I continue to pursue a kind of worldly or practical philosophical practice, uh, keeping informed about such topics as we uh, want to talk about the future. Well, I'm thrilled talking to you. Uh, I've experienced you as a person that have holistic approach to a lot of topics regarding your bill. And I'm sure there will be a lot of people around the globe looking forward listening this interview. Not only because uh, you are such a great expert, but regarding the topic that will become more and more relevant in near future. Once I started following the artificial intelligence topics, I realized the future is already happening. There are a huge impacts on our society that a lot of people will experience. Am I right? Well, we are living in... Uh, by the way, thanks very much for saying uh, those kind words. Yeah, we're, we're, living, we're living in exceptional times, and what we're living in are uh, what uh, has been termed the uh, exponential technological evolution. Uh, so that things are happening at at a at a very rapid pace of change and disruption, and so this is going to be more and more disorienting mm-hmm. to uh, business as usual. 
Mm-hmm. So, as Peter, can you can you help me with his last name? Uh, Peter Diamandis. Diamandis, yes, that's right. Peter Diamandis uh, writes in uh, one of his last blog. Uh, the next uh, evolutionary step will be a human scale transformation that he called meta intelligence. Biological evolution started some three and a half billion years, as we all know, uh, with the first simple life forms. Then came biological forms incorporating biological technology that allows them to manipulate energy and information. One and a half billion years ago, they started collaborate by forming the first multicellular life. And the final step before the human evolution came 400 million years ago with first species crawled from oceans onto the shores. Can you continue the stages? Well, I mean, we we understand, I think, pretty much that uh, it's contained in the phrase ontology recapitulates phylogeny. So Can you explain the, a little bit more? So the ontogeny is ourselves, the humans. Mm-hmm. But when we're a fetus in the womb, we go through the evolutionary stages. Mm-hmm. From first the egg, uh, and then it, the egg starts to develop its various uh, organs, but they start out to be very much fish-like, and then reptilian and mammalian, and early mammals, later mammals, and and then finally humans. So we know evolution. Mm. Uh, actual experience Mm -hmm. and so we are connected in ways that we forget to the entire evolutionary process So the, the, I'm sure that the part of that of evolution are our civilizations, different civilizations that we went through. So can, can you describe our history of civilizations maybe in terms of awareness? Firstly, if you can give us uh, your definition of awareness itself and then tell us uh, the importance of it. Well, it's, it's difficult to speak of... Um of levels of awareness across civilizations, I think, because we have histories that are skewed in the direction of um, the primary movers of those groups who typically were involved in in creating uh, um, more dominance over their fellow humans. Mm-hmm. And so so the, the thrust to dominate and control others, I believe, is uh, first uh, lowest level of, of awareness or uh, the level of competition over scarcity. 
what we want to move toward is cooperation and a mindset of abundance. And I believe that that is our challenge. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I find uh, awareness is a very important issue. When I started with business and I was very young, had my first radio broadcast when I was only 16 years old. I was very, let's say, ego-driven. Many years later, I, I realized ego was my unconsciousness protection regarding my emotional immaturity. And um, I was not able to cope with all the stress and lack of knowledge, understanding, and experience application. Um, well, basically, that uh, brought me to making a lot of mistakes, having troubles with relationships, and finally break down. Luckily, I started with personal development on early ages, and it takes me years to learn about awareness itself, not to mention acceptance and implementing things like positive psychology and other aspects of thinking and, and living to start producing new paradigms, more harmonized, aligned uh, with, with the context, interaction and, and quality of business goals. So you had a great academy, as you told us. Uh, full of highly successful businessmen and many, many years of merging philosophy with practical business issues. Um, so you are absolutely right person to ask for, did we progress in awareness from your point of view? Well, I... I would still say that um, if you look at today and the globe, the globe has basically become a global supermarket or shopping mall where people, every, everybody can get anything they want for a price. Uh, but it still seems to be uh, based on the principle of accumulation of power and might as uh, evidenced by uh, money and power. And there's the have and have not scenario where the elites or the 2% have and the 98% are, are, are basically subsisting. And, and there's a group, an underclass, who is in poverty. So I think that that, whole uh, pattern needs to be transformed radically mm -hmm. so that every everyone is a have and then there may be super haves people who still want their yachts or big houses or whatever private jets or whatever turns them on and I think there'll be a lot less guilt as long as they realize that they're not depriving anyone else of anything, since every, there will be abundance or everyone will have. So if I understood you well, there is still a huge, big gap between people with money and power and, and people that are immersed in poverty. Uh, a huge gap. Mm. But that gap is being uh, uh, reduced. In some sense, we're more painfully aware of it since 
more and more people are getting online and soon we're going to have another 3 billion people who are not online uh, connected and they will become more aware of the gap. Mm -hmm. I find very challenging this, the, 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 the state of awareness among most uh, opinion leaders and makers, as well as all those people immersed in, into poverty. I'm, um, well, basically, I'm still in the dilemma, are we ready to be on our own, uh, no matter how much negative aspects of controlled society I think of? our responsibility as individuals uh, taking into consideration not only awareness but values we have the question of persistence focus positive thinking etc i mean uh, what kind of uh, prerequisites do we need to have before the next evolution steps well you see only we can do it as individuals but no one can do it alone Mm -hmm. And so if we think we are uh, simply uh, on our own, I think that would be a misreading of the reality. Uh, more and more, we'll become more interdependent. Mm -hmm. And our, our networks and our relationships will determine uh, to what extent we thrive or the reverse. Is that based on technology? More and more so, it will be. Uh, it, it was always, to some extent, the case, if you think about it, that we depend that, that any project involves uh, uh, a group of people contributing. Yeah, 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 I understand. And, and there's also people who need to uh, endorse what it is that is being offered. So more and more we're finding, though, that it's the crowd that is very much determining through the social media the acceptance or the lack of acceptance of any given product or service or business. Mm -hmm. And all, yeah. yeah, and also the generation itself of the funding of 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 what is and isn't going to actually work in the environment will depend very much on its uh, acceptance by uh, whether there's a virile acceptance or whether it's simply just a, a bright idea that someone had but no one really wants or needs. Mm. spoke about awareness. Um, the, the, the challenge I see is the technology is in rapid advance. It's, it's old story about exponential growth. 
think just about telephones, we have just 20 years ago, first personal computers from P6 to ZX Spectrum or Commodore 64. I mean, with only a few kilobytes left for programs. I mean, not megabytes, but kilobytes. And uh, look at our smartphones today. Is there a challenge? Well, the smartphones basically disrupted about 20 or 30 different niche businesses that used to be billion-dollar businesses. I mean, take Kodak, for example, the photography business. There's no longer exists Kodak. That's just one instance. Mm. So, ready or not, the future is coming. Uh, can you tell us more about next steps we are facing in next, let's say, 20 to 30 years? Well, uh, as, as Peter in his newsletter uh, introduces his meta-intelligence topic, he says that people might find it a bit far out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm warning. Like a science fiction. That it might sound a bit far out. Yeah. But, but there, are, there are really two, two, two trends that are converging that make it uh, an exponential growth of the exponential growth. Exponential mm. on top of exponential. So it's an exponential squared, a double exponential. And, 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 and those two things are, uh, one, the uh, brain computer uh, interface or integration trend where we will then basically ingest those Mm -hmm. smartphones which are going to reduce the size of molecules Mm -hmm. and be ingested into the brain and connect the brain with the cloud. Mm -hmm. I mean... And each other. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's the uh, the development of artificial intelligence, deep mind, deep learning, in which artificial intelligence on its own uh, uh, self-directed path will reach something called a singularity that Ray Kurzweil, who's a great futurologist, names it, where he anticipates somewhere in the mid-third... Um, uh, I guess I think he's thinking about it really occurring maybe in the mid 40s, 2040, something, but many people think it's going to happen sooner where the artificial intelligence is going to uh, uh, develop intelligence that's so vast and uh, beyond human that we will have to become a virtually hybrid human to keep up with understanding what that intelligence is going to be capable of transforming. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, my next question would be in, in, in the process of getting to singularity, are there any implications on job roles? Well, there's already the uh, pretty much clear uh, view, although not everybody uh, subscribes to it, and people do think there will be, including Ray Kurzweil, a whole new set of uh, employability and jobs 
to compensate for the loss, but something like 50% of jobs that are professional will be done by artificial intelligence. So and what are the, the, the predictions for the next means, five, six uh, years? Well, they're, they're moving in that direction, but it's hard to say. But uh, I, I, I certainly in 20 years, but in five or six years, there'll be more still mechanical, robotic type uh, uh, worker jobs that will be eliminated. But the, but the jobs of professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, and all of those, and managers and and middle and middle managers and and most businessmen will be eliminated, and so there will really only be room for entrepreneurs, in my in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there will be some social implications as well on the road. Huge social implications cataclysmic social implications and 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 what those will require to be addressed will be something like a, a guaranteed uh, 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 income. Some people call it a neg negative income tax where people will be paid a guaranteed sum by the gov by governments. So from your point of view, entrepreneurship is the future. Yes, the clear. Can you tell us more about, about what kind of entrepreneurship you're talking about? Well, all I'll do is, if I might, I'll give you a little uh, glimpse of a, a project that I'm working on myself. Would that, would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I believe to prepare us for a healthy uh, um, brain-computer integration or interface, the human brain mind needs to be optimized. I'm working on a brain mind optimization project. That will be exponential in growth, I believe, as we develop it. That sounds, sounds very exciting. Are you progress in the project? There is a brain optimization technology. Uh, the way it works is the brain has brain waves. I'm sure you, everyone would be familiar with the brain waves. So we see that in the EKGs, EEGs, or mm -hmm. brain waves, oscillation of the brain, emitting all different aspects of the brain or emitting different waves in different rhythms. Mm -hmm. the, Rhythms and waves have been translated into sound and played back through electrodes to the brain itself. And the brain has shown itself to be able to optimize itself to the point where the brain now shows brain patterns after optimization that are very much more symmetrical and integrated than prior to the treatment. And they these patterns look very much like the patterns of advanced Tibetan meditators after 30, 40 years of meditation where they've created uh, optimized brains. An optimized brain is a brain that's able to move instantly from a state of deep relaxation to deep focus and mm -hmm. turn itself on and off at, at every moment in the present to mm -hmm. whatever is called for by the task. But there's also 
many multiple areas of optimization that the mind and person need to achieve in order to feel happy. They need to find purpose. They need to develop relationships. They need to have a legacy. They need to have experiences that are challenging, exciting, adventurous. They need to have financial freedom. Uh, multiple areas and sectors that are required for optimis- an optimized uh, human. And this goes back to the philosophy of what uh, Aristotle spoke of when he spoke of in his ethics of how one ha- links happiness or what everyone seeks with goodness. So to be a good man means to be good at being human. And I would now say it's to be good at being transhuman or good at being uh, uh, able to meld with the uh, artificial intelligence, human and artificial. So this uh, goodness or being good at, being good at functioning is never really been fully defined. We know what it is to be a good sports athlete. We know what it is to be a good musician and being playing well at an instrument, but we've never really quite understood fully what it is to be good at being human. Uh, So this is the practical philosophical path I've been uh, following to better define exactly what that is and i believe your question about awareness is a is a is a huge element in that the mind and its development but there's the person there's the body there's the uh, love relationships there's the cooperation with others in the community so the multiple uh, levels of goodness or uh, uh being good at being human and Being good at being human involves also the ethical dimension. And the ethical dimension turns out to be putting other people first. Are we all capable to to achieve that? I mean... That was a lot to take in. That was a lot Mm -hmm. to take in. But I hope you got... Did did what I say make make sense? Yeah, definitely. My last question is, are we all capable of achieving that? do, Do we all have capabilities to start being aware, to, to, to start using your techniques that you are developing? Well, well, here's been the problem of self-development, self-improvement, self-help, all that whole industry, that a less than optimized mind, which is only a fraction of the power of the full brain, uh, has been required to try to change the brain and the brain's habits, And, of course, it's a bit like an ant trying to tell an elephant which way to go. And if the elephant wants to go one way and the ant wants to go the other way, it's going to go the way the elephant wants to go. Well, the brain means bad habits. Bad habits, and Aristotle also spoke about this, it's a matter of habit, uh, reduce the optimization of becoming good at being human. And so that's, uh, and also reduce awareness. So uh, going the other way around, I believe, is going to be the solution to the problem, and that is to optimize the brain first 
and only the brain at this point will be able to optimize itself without the dysfunctional mind interfering. Then the mind will be able to develop based upon an optimized brain far more effectively to be full functioning. There are some situations where our states of our autopilot states are good, for example, driving a car, but uh, we need to go one step further and raise our awareness levels. Well, we have some patterns like driving cars or brushing our teeth that are good habits. We have some habits that we're too perhaps indulgent in substancing ourselves with various substances that reduces our awareness or our effectiveness at times. And certainly driving when on a substance is highly dangerous, and yet people still do it. So, uh, you know, it depends on which habits that we're talking about. And we, we, we will always have to have habits. And the idea is to substitute good ones for not so good ones. So with optimized brain, we can be more aware. And if we are more aware, then we can choose to use new habits, if understood you well. Well, that's still not yet researched to the degree that one can give evidence. And it's not clear that that will be the case. The optimized brain will be a precondition for healthy awareness or a healthy mind. Uh, the healthy mind needs to then develop on top of a healthy brain and then learn to seek and develop habits in life that are actually good for it rather than the ones that it thinks are good but may not be so good. That is certain pleasures that it seeks that it thinks are good but may be also if one seeks a life of only self-pleasuring, then that's a fairly empty and possibly only even self-destructive life. But even certain lives that people seek of acquisition or power or uh, dominance or having uh, you know material wealth, th those may may be beyond, at a certain point a point of of, of diminishing returns, where actually they become harmful rather than healthy at a certain point. Very interesting. I, I think, Steve, that we opened a lot of very, very interesting topics. And uh, thanks for this amazing conversation. It's, it is always a pleasure talking to you and looking forward to our next one. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being with you. Thanks, Steve.